I'm so glad that this summer the, um, the, the theme is street smarts. I mean, who doesn't need street smarts, right? We all need street smarts. And the book of Proverbs is probably one of the very best books that we can be in and reading and, and studying to understand what it means to have street smarts. The book of Proverbs is, is a book about wisdom. It's a book about instruction and guidance and how to live a righteous life. It helps us understand moral behavior, the meaning of life, right conduct in all kinds of life situations that we face. And the repeated theme that we see over and over in the book of Proverbs is the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. We all need wisdom, right? We all need wisdom. It doesn't matter where we're at, how long we've been walking with the Lord. We need this. We need this food. And today we're going to be looking at a very interesting passage in Proverbs. Um, it's all about how laziness can be a robber of what God has for us. So let's open our Bibles to Proverbs chapter 24. And I'm going to be reading from verse 30. It's also on the overhead here. So follow with me in your Bibles, please. The passage says... I pass by the field of a sluggard, by the vineyard of a man lacking sense. And behold, it was overgrown with thorns, and the ground was covered with nettles or weeds. And its stone wall was broken down. Then I saw and considered it. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. So in this passage, we see two characters. We first of all see the the passerby, the man who walks by. Let's call this passerby the wise man. And he sees this field. And he comes to the conclusion that this field belongs to a sluggard or a lazy person. So that's the second character in our passage, is the lazy person. My wife and I like to go for walks in our neighborhood. Uh, In the evening, we take our dog down the street and we look at different... I always look at lawns. I don't know about you guys, but I I like to see nice, green, lush, deep green lawns that are free of weeds, that look really good. I become a bit envious... I did notice on the way in, your lawn looks pretty good out here in front of Rathgar. Somebody really takes care of it, cuts it and everything else. But we come across this one lawn in our neighborhood. And we live in an okay neighborhood. It's pretty decent. Um, but the lawn is just like, what are these people thinking? It's just full of weeds. It's like they haven't cut their grass in over a month. Well, it's not even grass. Let's just call it a weed bed. So I think I have a picture here of it. Yes. Now that's the picture of a lawn in our neighborhood. Um, I had to sneak by and wind down the window and take a I didn't want my neighbor seeing me take a picture of his lawn. So I had to really sneak by and get that one. But uh, and, and, and here's another lawn I took a picture of. Now, I don't know what's going on with this lawn here. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a really bad-looking lawn, but look, Weed Man's taking care of it. So we put our trust in Weed Man, and we trust that Weed Man will make this lawn into something more beautiful than what it is right now. It's not very beautiful to look at. So, obviously, this wise man sees this, these, this field in front of him, and he comes to the conclusion that this man must be a sluggard, a lazy person. And as a result of his sluggardliness, that is a word, 
I didn't get autocorrect when I said it. it's sluggardliness, okay? His field and his property were left in disarray. He neglected what was entrusted to him. He had no sense. He let things get out of control. Deterioration of his field was obvious to anyone who passed by. And the passerby could tell that he had no sense. The sluggard was either blind to his vineyard or he didn't care. So I see we can learn three things from this story. Three things that can help us to avoid this type of life. Number one, laziness is a robber to our senses. The first thing we notice here is our passage tells us that the man lacked sense. And we can be distracted by all kinds of things, you know? We can be distracted by anger. We can be distracted by lust. We can be distracted by selfishness. Or we can even be distracted by these things, right? How many of us get distracted by these? We're in the middle of a conversation with somebody and all of a sudden this thing goes off. I just want you to watch this real short clip here of someone who gets distracted. A woman was seriously injured in New Jersey when she tripped over an open cellar door and then tumbled into the basement. The 67-year-old woman was looking at her cell phone when she flipped headfirst into the basement about six feet below. Fire crews rescued the woman and took her to the hospital. Okay. You know, you can go on YouTube and you can search. There's all kinds of <laughs> things about people walking into fountains, walking into walls, walking into elevator doors. It's crazy. You know, God has given us our senses. And we need to be aware of our senses and what's around us, what's happening. We can be so distracted by this thing, we don't see what's going on around us. Isn't that right? You know, the word sense is defined like this. A faculty by which the body perceives external stimulus. One of the, of the faculties of sight, smell, hearing, taste, and touch. This man in this story had no sense. Maybe he decided to hide away in bed all day with, under his pillow, under his blankets, and not worry about things. He couldn't enjoy the fruits of his field due to the weeds and the thorns that were growing up out of his field. And there was that broken down wall. That was of no concern to him either. He had no sense. He had no sense or thought of even repairing the wall. And you know, when our wall is broken down, things can come into our property. All kinds of things, weeds, intruders, other kinds of things, animals can come in. We need to be protecting and building these things up. Having sense keeps us diligently working to make sure that the things that have been entrusted to us are well cared for and well-maintained. A few years ago, I started, actually, uh, three or four years ago, um, I started to realize how two things were going against me, age and gravity. It happens to all of us. And I started to realize that age and gravity were causing me to feel tired and sluggish. So I, so I started going to a personal trainer. I went to this guy for a year and a half, and you know what? Fantastic. I lost 30 pounds. I was eating better. I was feeling stronger. I had energy. We have two little grandkids now. Uh, we just had one this uh, week and a half ago, a little baby boy. His name's Charlie. He's really cute. And uh, anyways, I want to I have energy and strength to be able to be there. So I went to this personal trainer, and it was great. And I thought, after a year and a half, you know, that's okay. I don't need him anymore. I, I can do this on my own. So I started, I joined a gym, I started going on my own, but slowly I started stepping away from the gym. I became distracted by all kinds of other things, work, issues, family, 
And I started, slowly started to, uh, you know, not go to the gym anymore. Very soon, the weight started coming back on. About three or four in the afternoon, I needed a little nap, a little sleep, and I started to get sluggish. And that can happen. It's very easy. If we don't look and we're not diligent about what God has given us, it's, very, it's a very uh, easy thing to start falling back and having these things coming back up into our lives. So we become lazy, we become distracted. We can become blind to what's going on around us. We can't see things deteriorating because we lack even the sense to see it. It could be our marriage. It could be our work. It could be relationships we're in. It could be our children. These things take work and effort to maintain and to grow. And our relationship with Jesus requires effort and work. Reading his word, praying, getting ourselves equipped so we can face the things. We need to abide in Jesus in order to be fruitful and, into, and to grow in him. So, the second thing I want us to look at is how laziness can be a robber of fertile ground. You know, God has given us all a field, a wonderful field in our lives to maintain and to look after and to watch. So our passage tells us that thorns and weaves, weeds came up everywhere and it covered this man's field. Now, out in West St. Paul, this land that we purchased that we intend to build our new facility on, uh, we had it all sprayed and round up and all that kind of stuff and, and cultivated back at the end of June so it would look nice. The municipality wanted our land to look good for the July 1st festivities. So we had all that done. We hired someone to do it. The land looked great. The other day I was driving by it and I looked at it and I thought, wow, it looked like nothing had been done. There's a picture here. There's our land in West St. Paul. Uh, the weeds are back. They're about this high. It doesn't look very good, but you need to maintain it. It's amazing how fast they, they came back. And if we're not careful, and if we're become slothful, the natural produce of our heart can become unpleasant. God has given us all gifts, and we're meant to bear fruit with the gifts he's given us. We need our hearts to remain fertile, teachable, humble, when we allow weeds and thorns to come into our lives, we can become unfruitful. And the fruit that we were meant to produce can easily just die. Unaided and neglected, our nature will always produce weeds and problems. Listen to this quote from John Yorgi from the Ravi Zacharias Institute of Ministry, International Ministries. He said this, Sin will eventually turn those who relentlessly cling to it into grotesque distortions of God's original intent. Anything that impedes our progress toward our true identity and calling diverts us from our journey to freedom. Thorns and weeds can kill the ability for healthy growth. It is like the sin that, allows, that we allow to crop up in our lives that robs us of our fellowship with Jesus and our growth in him. There's an analogy here of both nature and our human spirit. See, both are of God. Both contain principles of life, beauty, and use. Both need cultivation in order to maintain and to grow. In both, sloth and neglect are punished by loss and ruin. See, it requires diligence 
and determination to grow a healthy vineyard. Keep your life fertile, ready for what God wants to plant in you so that you can bear fruit for him. When these weeds do crop up, these weeds, these sinful things do crop up in our lives, we have a Savior who died for us. And he says in 1 John 1, 9, he says, if we confess our sins, when we see these weeds cropping up, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Keep plucking the weeds. Keep uh, so that they can grow. Take the set-free retreat. I'm so glad that that uh, Kevin mentioned the Set Free Retreat and these series we have going through. You know, I, I keep this little bottle under my, uh, uh, in our backyard, and it's, it's full, filled with this concoction of uh, Killex and water. And every once in a while, I gotta go around, I gotta kill those weeds. You know, those weeds in my lawn, those things that keep <laughs> cropping up. Sorry, Norm didn't mean Those things that keep cropping up our life. We gotta kill those things. We gotta, you know, be on them. We have to diligently be on them, right? Otherwise, they can grow up and they can overtake in our lives. Very important. Weed control. Take the set-free retreat. I highly recommend it. It will help with weed control in your life. Weeds, they're nasty things. And they can keep us from the promises of God and what God has for us in life. So I go around with that Killux bottle every week in our backyard and I, and I look for weeds and I'm diligently just wanting to get rid of them because I want my lawn to look like that neighbor's lawn. Not the one with the weeds, but the other guy with the green, lush, deep green. That's what I'm looking for. You know, it does take hard work and diligence to keep those weeds under control. And one example of hard work and diligence is a golfer named Gary Player. Have you heard of Gary Player? Gary Player was a, is, is, is a great golfer. And what, what he's quoted as saying is this. The harder I practice, the luckier I get. Now the emphasis isn't on luck. The emphasis is what he's saying is on hard work. It takes hard work and diligence to keep going. Gary Player is now 82 years old. He is in fantastic shape. He still golfs all the time. Uh, he was in, I think, last year's Masters, Right? And uh, he didn't compete in the Masters, but he was like, uh, you know, with uh, Arnold Palmer, not Arnold Palmer, but uh, Jack Nicholas and a few guys like that. And he's in great shape. But the harder I practice, the luckier I get. Things will come your way. You know, you will reap a harvest. You will produce fruit when you work hard and you're diligent at it. The third thing I want us to look at is how laziness can be a robber of protection. Now, we read this in this story how that stone wall was left in ruin. Um, I think I have a picture coming up here about a, just a picture of a stone wall that has a breach in it. In the beginning, the wall was good. It was strong. It protected the, the owner of that land. But when the wall is broken down, weeds can sow. Other things, anybody can sow in that land and trespass onto that land. Once the stone walls that kept us protected are permitted to be broken down, we become vulnerable. Listen to this. Christian convictions, once instilled, are forgotten. Solid doctrines which had been learned have been compromised. Good habits, once formed, are now ignored. Bible reading is no longer a priority. Public profession of faith is now guarded and even shied away from. 
and firmness of character is compromised. There are char- there, there's consequences to this broken down wall. First of all, the boundary has gone. The boundary no longer exists. We do not know which is the Lord's property and which remains open, common area. And secondly, the protection is gone. When man's heart has its wall broken, our thoughts can go astray. Good things can leave and bad things can come in. Walls keep the land from eroding. You know, we live in a, in a, in a province with powerful lakes. And in the spring, these lakes can, can, over, uh, can, can come up against the land and start eroding the land. The land now comes into the water. We need retaining walls. You remember the, the flood of 1997, the flood of the century? Some of us here were, you know, were involved or you know, it was very prevalent at that time. And they were calling for people to go and sandbag at different locations. So we did that. Me and uh, my, my family, we went and helped sandbag. The, the sandbags were used to hold the waters back. Walls are important. They keep us protected. They keep the water out and the boundaries up and in place. You know, there is a law of degeneration. It goes like this. Let a thing alone, and it will certainly deteriorate. And there is nothing more, more, more dangerous than procrastination when it comes to our soul. So, I see two lessons in this, in this sermon here this morning that come from this particular passage, this scripture, on how to be street smart. Number one, be street smart by not being like the sluggard. Too much emphasis on sleep on staying in bed and resting when it comes to work can lead to poverty. Slugs like to live in the dark. They live in dark, damp places. And you know what? They come out at night and they feed on your garden. That's the slug's job. And that's where sin breeds. Sin breeds in darkness. Don't allow yourself to be like the slug. Darkness is a place that sin will continue to grow. Bring sin into the light. There's nothing more freeing than bringing what is in the darkness into the light. This story in the Bible serves to us as a warning, I believe, and an example of what a life of a sluggard can lead to. Avoid this type of life at all costs to help in our businesses, in our relationships, and in our marriages. As I was preparing this, a question came up, and let me ask you a question here. Do you believe that a workaholic can be a sluggard? Someone who works to try to get ahead, to have the big car, the big house, all Yes, I believe a workaholic is a sluggard. I think anything, anyone that engages in work or at a cost of what's important, like marriage or family or other important activities, can be a sluggard in that area is neglectful in the areas that are most important, right? We need to have balance. We need to pay attention to all areas of life that God entrusted to you. Water your marriage. Fertilize your relationship. Kill those weeds. Continue to be diligent and persistent with working on your spiritual life so that you can be fruitful in what you do and what God has called you to do In the book of Proverbs, there's 14 verses that talk about being a sluggard. 
I'm not going to read them all to you, but I'm going to read, I'm just going to whip through nine of these verses just so you can get an idea of how important it is to avoid this type of life. Proverbs 6.6 6 says this, Look to the ant, O sluggard, and consider her ways and be wise. Look to the ant. You guys ever look at ants? They're always working. They're always doing things. They're creating. They're, they're building their little ant houses, right? 6.9 says, How long will you lie there, O slugger? When will you rise from your sleep? 13.4 The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing, while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. 15.19 says, The way of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. 1924 says, the sluggard buries his hand in a dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. Put your hand on your plate and you're so lazy, you can't even bring it back to your mouth. That's the sluggard. I find that first and family. Proverbs 24 says, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. 2125 says, the desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to work. 2213 says, the sluggard says, there's a lion outside, I shall be killed in the streets. Fear keeps him bound up. 2614 says, as a door turns on its hinges, so does a sluggard on his bed. Interesting. The second thing we can learn how to be street smart is to be like the wise man. The wise man saw and he considered. That's the first thing we see here, right? Verse 32, then I saw and considered. He observed what he saw from this man. It was disturbing for him to stop and look at this mess that was before him. It led him to question out and, and look for meaning and what he could learn from this example of neglect. When you look at something disturbing, when you're sitting late at night in front of your computer or your tablet or your phone, or you're deciding what to watch on TV, what movie to watch that could be disturbing, do you stop and consider it in light of Scripture? This man did. He saw the mess, and he stopped, and he considered. We need to consider things from God's perspective. Is this honoring to God? Is this helpful for us, for our spirit, for our soul? And also notice that this man didn't react. I don't know. I might have reacted. I might have went over there with my killex and sprayed a few of those weeds in his field if it was me. But he didn't do that. He stopped and he considered. He looked for wisdom. What could he learn from what he saw in that field? He knew that wisdom would instruct him and guide him and allow him to avoid such a pitfall for himself. And look at the second part. What happens next? It says, after I saw and considered, he says, I looked and I received instruction. That's what the wise man does. That's what any wise person does. They look. They look to the one who can give them the wisdom. They look to the one who we can receive instruction from. What did he, what did he receive? What he saw was this. 
That if we're lazy about our lives, if we're slothful about the weeds and the sin that can crop up into our lives, it can affect us spiritually. It can affect our marriages. It can affect us in our workplaces. And then poverty will come on us like a robber, it says, and like a man in want, always wanting and never getting It wasn't enough just for him to look and to consider and to see it. He knew what he saw was disturbing and it could happen to any of us if we're not careful. Keep reading. Keep reading God's instruction manual. This has all the answers in it, folks. This is the answer. Um, I was debating whether to tell this story on the way here and I I figured, I got time. We got till two o'clock till the game starts. So I got time to tell this story. So it might not take quite that long. But anyways, there's this... um, there's this man that has come into my life um, that, I, that I've met, and, and he's on a spiritual journey right now. But this man has weeds in his life. He's got lots of weeds in his life and lots of issues. But he's looking. His back right now is up against the wall, and he's searching. He's searching for something. So we started dialoguing over text. I invited this man out for coffee. Um, he had a, um, a reason why he couldn't meet with me for coffee. I actually invited him here this morning to come to, come to the service. And um, he texted me last, uh, yesterday and said he couldn't come. He had another uh, prior, uh, prior engagement. But otherwise, he would have come this morning to the service. Uh, but he asked me a very interesting question in a text that he sent to me. He says, do you and your church believe in a God of love or a God of judgment or both? There's a man who's searching, Right? He's got his own issues. We don't know what his weeds are. I don't know what his, what his field's like, what he's looking for. So I said, God, give me wisdom. <laughs> I need wisdom right now, Lord. What is it? You know, if you say he's a God of love, then anything goes. Well, if he's a God of judgment, then he's, he's going to hammer. Or both. So I just simply said, you know what? Our church believes in the Bible, that the Bible is the infallible word of God, and that God hates sin and has to punish it, but he sent Jesus Jesus as our Savior. And I was just happened to be reading in James chapter 2 where it says, mercy triumphs over judgment. God is always seeking mercy. He doesn't want to judge. Jesus said, I didn't come to this world to judge, but to save. That's in God's heart. So I prayed, I go, God, I, I pray this will speak to this man. So I sent that off to him, and, and we'll see. I haven't heard anything back yet, but, but we'll see. I'll keep praying for this guy, and, uh, but he is on a spiritual journey, you know, and uh, all of us are. We all are on a spiritual journey. Maybe there's some of you here this morning that don't know the Lord, that don't know Jesus as your Savior. You have an opportunity right here this morning to give your life to him. Maybe you've wandered away. Maybe you once followed him passionately, But things, distractions, sin, other issues have cropped up into your life. This is a time to turn your life over, to come back to the one that cares for your soul and wants you to have a fruitful and a meaningful life. That's like the wise man who saw, considered, and he looked and he received. That is the key in this verse is that he received. You know, when we ask, what? We receive. When we seek, we And when we knock, the door will be Amen. It's not maybe open. 
or maybe we'll find him. We will find him. He will come in. He will restore. He will heal. That's all in our Father's heart. You know, one of the things I love about Gateway Church is that we are committed to equipping the saints. Kevin mentioned that in the announcement this morning. I'm so glad to see in the washroom you have two, uh, two bulletins in the, in the men's washroom that talk about all the things of how we can be equipped. The Set Free Retreat, the Hearing God, the Conquer Series. These are all ways that we can be equipped so that we can make sure our walls are solid, the weeds are gone, we live free and pure and holy. That's why the Conquer Series is such an important, important part for men. You know, um, we need to build up this wall of protection. We have a real problem in our society, folks. And it's so easy and it's so prevalent. We need to be fighting against it. And Gateway Church is committed to equipping us. Set free from the weeds that have grown up. Live a life of purity and holiness, men. It's time to get real. It's time to get this out in the light where we can deal with it. There is a real robber out there and he's seeking who he can devour. He's seeking to rob us, to kill us, and destroy us. But Jesus came that we might have life and life abundantly. Amen? That is the answer. God entrusted us all with gifts and blessings. He entrusted this lazy man with a vineyard that was maybe once prosperous and beautiful and produced wonderful grapes and wonderful wine and wonderful fruit. But the man became lazy and let it go. God has given all of us things, gifts, blessings. He wants us to use these things diligently, to work diligently at them, to cultivate them, to help them to grow, water them, feed them. When the weeds come up, kill them, confess them. Remember that a little sleep and a little slumber and a little folding of the hands to rest and poverty will come on you like a robber and want like an armed man. So the challenge this morning for you is if you're feeling convicted by anything that I've shared this morning, anything that I've preached on, any weeds that have come up in your life, you can, we serve a God that will forgive you. We serve a God that wants you to come to him, to lay it all down at the foot of the cross. He will wipe the slate clean. He will give you what you need. So don't be like the sluggard that didn't look after his field or his very soul. Instead, consider the, cross, consider the cost and be like the wise man who looked and considered and received.